Anyway, we'll kick that face on the He goes. Now in partnership with the new Westport Library and Quick Center for the Arts and iTunes, it's Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Trace Burroughs. And me, Makes Burroughs, and our guests are uh, Howdy Gordon and Ward Hooper, both fine artists who have an amazing story to tell and a book that tells it. And uh, we're, uh, I guess we should thank, should I think, and my good friend David Wilk has something to do with that. What did David Wilk, how, what was his part in this, getting you what guys? What was his part in it? My goodness. <laughs> yes. Well, he, okay, he was absolutely the structure. David started out as our book packager. And after he had found a, a wonderful opportunity with a publishing company who had us just dangling on a string for so unbelievably long time, he suggested that we try plan B and go with a, an imprint that he has, City Point Press, that would be distributed by Simon & Schuster and he, so he became our publisher. Oh. And he's, he has been incredibly instrumental and supportive in this endeavor in bringing, in bringing our story to light. And he connected us to you guys. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, that was great. No, I know he's a, a David's a good friend and our, our parents were friends with his parents. His, his mother was a fine artist. Did yeah, you know his really. mother, Barbara Wilk, was a fine artist? Oh, yeah. No. And his father, Max Wilk, was a screenwriter and, um, and a you know, novelist. Anyway. Well, a lot of it runs in our DNA. Yes, it does. <laughs> so tell us how you two got together. Like, how did how'd this all come about, this, this book and the concept? Well, you know, the crazy... The crazy thing is there was this, this freelance writer, her name is Elise Perlman. And unfortunately she passed away in August, but many, many years back, she had written about Ward and his art. And she wrote about me and my art. And in case you don't know it, I'm a chatterbox. And she and she and I just would have these conversations that were so perceptive. They're just incredible, incredibly deep. And one day she asked me if I knew of the Northport painter Ward Hooper. And, and she I asked said, me the same thing. Right. I, and <laughs> I didn't, I had, I had never yeah, heard, yeah. I had never heard of Ward, but I checked him out on social media. See, she had thought that there were similarities in our art style, in our light, in our color, in our subject matter that were similar, but we didn't know each other. No. So I checked Ward on Facebook and he posted this painting, Long Island City, which immediately made me think of something I had created many years earlier, but was so different from anything I had ever done that it just sat on my Drobo and I posted it. And so we saw, I saw a similarity in, in structure immediately by way of uh, verticals and strong horizontals 
and uh, was part of. I did the Long Island painting uh, series from my commuting days from uh, Northport to my office. I got off in Long Island City, and I always liked that. Uh, I did a whole series of commuting paintings, and that was what, the end of the commute in Long Island City. And we'd get up and go over to Prattville and and take the subway two stops to, to the city. But it was, uh, that's what I posted to Holly, and she responded with hers. I said, oh, how interesting by way of structure and composition. I said, this is really interesting. So we, I continued but, and- Ben, okay. but, and okay. but <laughs> just, just hang on. The interesting thing with this that we didn't even realize, I was also a commuter to NYU. And as my husband would be driving, I would be sketching or photographing. So living in our parallel lives, we were doing similar things. And then Ward was teaching at the Art League and posted a, a demo painting that he did of three tulips. And as, right after he did the Long Island City, and I was getting ready to do a solo show on tulips. And so I posted that to say, hey, look, you have tulips, I have tulips. <laughs> we and should I, mention I, before David. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to mention the name of the book before David, uh, I don't okay. want David to get mad at me. So it's Parallel Perspectives, the Brush Lens Collaboration. Uh, which Where can is, people find it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Is that uh, and it's published by who now? Did you it's say it's published by City Point Press? It's mm -hmm. distributed by Simon and Schuster. Okay. You can get it on Amazon, on the indie books. They're on it in Target. It's like it is all over the place. It's out there. And That's great. The, but the neatest, but the neatest thing is. There is a local independent bookstore called Book Review in Huntington, and they did our initial launch. And Ward and I have been up there on two occasions autographing copies of the book. We did two they, book signings, so that was terrific. They were really wonderfully hospitable, and we did a Zoom meeting with them, and they couldn't have been nicer. They have hosted every famous author you could possibly imagine. And the crazy thing was on October 8th, when they did our book launch, which unfortunately had to be virtual, they had just interviewed the woman who became the Nobel Peace, the Nobel Prize for her poetry. So they did her earlier in the day and we were following her. Mm, nice. Yeah, no, it, uh, I should just mention most of this will be heard on our audio podcast on iTunes. But for those of you who want to see the see the artists and see the art that we're going to show a little in a little while, they can go to youtube.com slash Migs B slash Migs B M I G G S B. And you can see them as well as hear us all. Um, but anyway, for now, so we have, uh, well, the other kind of coincidence or overlap is a lot of your work is there's similarities and you were inspired by Arthur Dove who lived in Westport for a while. Oh. If you knew that. 
Yeah. He did. did. Yeah, Arthur he Dove lived in Westport back. for a yeah. few years. These, yep. These parallel yeah. universes that they're just <laughs> they're just so they're just so unbelievably interwoven. Yeah, in um '68, that's when Helen Tor passed away, but. We are okay. So a friend had said to me, a colleague had suggested, he was so excited with what Ward and I began doing because after the tulips were discovered, were shared on Facebook, Ward said, let's meet. And then he started taking me to all of these locations on the island that had inspired him many Harley years. lives on the South Shore, Earlier. on North Shore. So this was new territory for mm. Harley. <laughs> I'm so, in Northport. So Ward is showing me all of, he, he's got me so excited in my creativity. It just, like it just erupted. I told him, I said, it's like a tsunami <laughs> of creativity. And after several weeks, Ward started painting again, which was terrific because he hadn't been, he hadn't been painting for so long. So he was inspired to visit places that he hadn't seen for a while. He got excited by my response to things and then he started painting. Well, it was this goes back many years ago. Uh, I had friends in Northport, Andrew Geller, famous architect, and his wife Shirley, and another friend, and we would go painting every Sunday. And so we did this for seven years. So I, I had a library of places on Long Island that to visit that I'd done years ago. And we, after we painted on those Sunday sessions, we had long lunches and a lot of wine and conversation, and there was a wonderful wonderful day. So uh, that's what I did with Holly. I took her out to those former painting locations and uh, reunited and started painting again. I was, uh, I want to read a quote. I want to read one quote. I want to read a quote from the book because it ties in with what you just said. Sure. This is from Ward. It says, even when Holly is not behind the wheel, she is the driving force of our journey and I'm holding on for dear life, but having the time of my life, pretty spectacular for someone who thought his life was over, wouldn't you say? And to know that my life as a painter has been such an inspiration to Holly to go forward blazing a new trail with her art adds to my satisfaction that I give her fuel, support, and encouragement, and I love to keep going forward. So. Every, every Tuesday, because that was the day that we had set aside to get together, he would have, Ward would have a list of he, where he was going to navigate me to. I was a navigator, Harry Grove. I was the driver and he was the navigator. And it just, it was amazing. So I would be sharing all of our stories and artwork with this colleague. And he just said to me, he says, you know, Holly, what you and Ward are doing is so extraordinary. And there is such a history of art on Long Island, why don't you see how you could tie what you're doing in with art history on Long Island? Well, as soon as he said that to me, it was like, of course, Arthur Dove and Helen Tour. So mm -hmm. I say to this, I say this to Ward one day, and he said, oh, 
I could take you to the Dove Tour Cottage. <laughs> and three minutes later, we were there. <laughs> it's it's nearby, and Connie knew more about Arthur Dove and her tour than I did, and said, wow, this is a great discovery. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, people don't know, how would you describe Arthur Dove? Was he considered, the, the, did he kind of one right, of the, off, in the forefront there. of abstraction, or what? How yes, would you describe yes. his work? He was, okay, well, first of all, he and Helen Tour were another collaborative couple. And they inspired and influenced each other. They're both early 20th century American artists. And there are yeah, many- Yeah, he was considered the earliest, uh, one of the earliest impressionists. There are many historians who call Arthur Dove the first early American abstract artist. But the interesting thing with Arthur Dove was I started doing more serious research on him. And I don't want to spook you guys out, but yes. there were works that I had created that were remarkably similar and they're in the book, yeah. to Arthur Dove's work. And then I found this painting called Untitled Number Two Centerport of sailboats, the subject, the theme, that was remarkably similar Amazing. to Ward's yeah. race day. And that clinched it. Yeah, those were amazing similarities. <laughs> I'm going to try to uh, share my screen if this will work so we can sure. see it. Yeah, it, it is, again, because we're an audio podcast, but it just so, I don't know, it doesn't seem yeah, to Yeah, but be... even if we're audio, this could encourage yes. people. Because, like, <laughs> yes. if you go, it's, it's on Barnes & Noble, too, that book. But if you go to the Amazon site, mm -hmm. there are so many pages that could be flipped through. Yeah. People there, to yeah. see before they purchase it. Can you see uh, yep. your yeah. book now? Okay, so we're going to try sure. to go through quickly and get to the Arthur okay, Dove page. Fine. But the amazing, I don't know that we even mentioned that Holly's a photographer and Ward's the painter, which we talked about. But sometimes I went to this book and I could not tell who did what um, <laughs> because no, they're so, Holly's work is very painterly. And yes, they're both. Right. It, 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 that's, well, that's a wonderful similarity. <laughs> and yeah. You, uh, well, and, see. See, we had, what, what Ward and I have done is create allies between, conf confluence between painting and photography, whereas historically they're viewed as There's the tulips. But, yeah. but, yeah. The other, but the other thing is, I mean, I have a very, intense intensive art background and i have always been a painter but in 1993 or 1992 when i was studying with richard w brown uh, at main photography workshop he told me to stop painting because if i was serious about my photography he said creativity is finite so i stopped painting 
And somehow when Ward and I got back together again, all of my painterly stuff just started coming out. And rather than using a brush or a palette knife, it's my mouse or my stylus. Mm. But even when I look through my viewfinder, I select my focus for colors and shapes to blend together. Shall so we sort of think alike in our, the way we approach our subject matter? I'm looking for, uh, I'm not looking at houses or I'm looking at interesting shapes and what inspires me and uh, begin from there. So do you, when you went out to create stuff for the book, do you like, when do you suggest like this house with some flowers, whatever you're looking at that you really like, and then you both decide to do it, you paint it and, and no, how it didn't, work. It, it didn't work like that. Oh. It, it didn't work like that at all. Uh, the first time I visited Ward, I had said to myself, I said, Holly, don't overwhelm him with your exuberance. Just, <laughs> just let him lead the way. Well, Ward lives in this humongous house and on every the flat- converted barn. <laughs> on every flat surface, there were stacks of paintings. And as he is showing me these paintings that he had created years ago, I'm saying to him and saying to myself, I have a photograph like that. I have an image like that. I have an image like that. So when I went back to see him the following week, I brought back prints that I had already created that were similar in concept, similar in subject matter, similar in color and shape to works that he had. So even before we started working together, we had a stack of art that was compatible. That's what was so unreal. And Using then- Similarities. And then when- Structure and color and subject matter. And then when Ward started taking me to these locations, I responded to them in my own way. So by the time the idea gelled, because we were already collaborating for three years before there were any thoughts to have our story be made into a book. And the idea of doing this came from people who saw our exhibits, attended our talks, and were just so enthralled by what we were doing and by our relationship that they said, gee, you ought to do a book. You ought to do a book. So I just collected everything together and a colleague suggested that I send it out to the renowned designer, Bonnie Bryant, who had designed a book that this colleague had had published, just to get a feeler and see what she thought about it. And she was absolutely overwhelmed. I could not believe that such an important designer yeah, wonderful response. Us, yeah. Back to us so quickly 
and say, yes, uh, you, you've, the ethos is wonderful and the artwork is incredible. And she suggested doing a book proposal because publishers like their own thumbprint on final products. So it just all meshed together. Did she send, as Trace sort of asked, did she send you out on assignments and said, look, the two of you go out and, and both capture that lighthouse or do something? Did you ever no, do simultaneous? No, you no. never did that? See, no, she didn't do anything of the kind. We what just buy the material. We oh. together the material that we that we sent her. And what is so, see, this is what is so incredible about our story. Ward painted lighthouses. I photographed them. Now, I didn't even photograph them by choice, <laughs> but a photographer friend and I would take these photo road trips. He loved lighthouses. And I just figured, well, there they well, my are. Came I'll from Eastport, Maine, the last US, the last town on the coast of Maine. So I knew the coast of Maine very well and loved lighthouses, always have wonderful subjects. But there are some pictures in the book that look like you were both there at the same time. I but mean, we they're See, so similar. Is, yeah. It's, it's that amazing. Is, that is what is just so serendipitous yeah. about us. Now, the other aspect to your story, which is kind of bittersweet, I mean, mostly sweet, I guess, but I mean, you both lost spouses and then you right. met each you met each other, which kind of got you out of your, you know, despair, I guess. Absolutely. And was that right? Uh, yeah. Was and, very important. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that. Holly sparked me to uh, pick up a paintbrush again, which I hadn't done for a long while. And. Uh, been ratted ever since. <laughs> now, do you live in separate places and towns? I mean, is there? I'm know, on the north shore of Long Island, Northport. And I'm on the south little shore. town where the Main Street goes mm -hmm. right down to the harbor. If you're familiar with it, looks across to Connecticut. And Holly lives on the other side of the island. So, so this was new territory for Holly when I uh, drove her, or she drove, and I guided her from painting location. It was all new locations. These were hills, and the sunny side of the island was all flat. So this was oh, a yeah. wonderful new venture and and uh, scenes for Holly. See, when, now, when, when my husband died 20-some years ago, uh, I sort of clung to my camera to keep me afloat and I would travel. In fact, one of my sons had said, you're just like the first page in Herman Melville's Moby Dick. Uh, when I'm walking down the street and I wanna knock the hat off of everyone I meet, I know it's time to go to sea. And I just started traveling all over the world. And I was doing this to stay positive and focused on how wonderful life is and not lose myself in my loss and total change of life. And in so doing, there was no, there was no idea, there was no plan for what, where my photography, where my art would lead. It just was, I just cast myself onto this raft and the waves were taking me up and down. 
And all along the way, people first got interested in my butterflies and that's what attracted media attention and exhibits to it that I exhibited Antarctica and Galapagos and my butterflies in the New York Hall of Science. And I got invited up to Magic Wings in, in Massachusetts. And I went down to Antarctica because I've just had this need to travel and do different things while I was trying to figure out the rest of my life mm -hmm. and became a Kodak partner. Now my Galapagos and Antarctica are in the Malloy College Permanent Collection. Uh, I've always had this environmental bent, which is similar to that which Arthur Dove has had. I mean, both Ward and I are so inspired and enthralled by the landscape uh, and by nature. It's, it's just been an unbelievable ride i never... did you really well, speaking of rides did you describe that <laughs> i think you when you were maybe a little girl or late you used to spin the globe and just yes. put your is that really the way you yes and yes. you would you know, just this go is, this is this is what is so crazy okay first of all we had this mercator projection map that you pull down yeah. like a window shade and it flattened everything out and antarctica was right along the bottom of the map just spread out. And I'm thinking, because I'm little, I'm second grade, third grade, and I'm thinking, if the universe is a square, it's gotta be very dark in these corners. <laughs> but what's on the other side of the corners? And then I would go and I would spin the globe and close my eyes and put my finger on a spot. And then I would see where the finger landed and then I would go and research it. And one day I took the globe and I just flipped it upside down. And my God, there was Antarctica spread out. It was just nothing short of extraordinary. So when I graduated from teaching, because I don't like to say retired, in 1999, I made it a goal to be in an unusual location when 1999 became 2000. And I was, and a friend went with me and she was concerned about Y2K. And I just laughed and said, hey, if there's a problem with computers, we'll be in Antarctica longer. I've, I'm just, Antarctica, my <laughs> vision of it is just a big, huge flat, Freezing <laughs> cold surface, bleak. Yeah. Are there buildings? Is there like a you know uh, building? <laughs> First of all, there are a few refugios from left over from the days of the whalers and the explorers. It is the most mountainous, windiest place on earth. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 nothing. There's a lot of penguins. There's a lot of guano. Sure. There it's, are some relics. Not it's it's not it's not flat. Yeah. Uh, most of the surface is covered with ice and snow. The thing is, and this is what people. This is you should look at my Antarctica um, journey to the extreme on on my on my website because it'll it'll give you information about it. Even though I don't have the work anymore. In the in its summer, there's practically 24 hours of daylight. 
you know, it's cast in pitch blackness for eight or nine months of the year. But I went during the summer because the spring into summer, because I wanted to see the penguin chicks. I didn't want to see the eggs. I wanted to see the chicks. And it was, and I went for the penguins, but I got blown away by the landscape because the air is so clear, even with the drifting down of pollution from the Northern hemisphere, it is unbelievable, the clarity, the fragility, it's just, it's a where, paradise. Where do you stay? Is there a Motel 6 up there? Where do you stay? There's nothing. When we would disembark our ship, I was with Lindblad Expeditions. Uh, Lindblad from Westport too, by the way. Another coincidence. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Eric so Lars Lindblad. There, is, yeah. there was a Lindblad, there's a Lindblad Cove. Mm -hmm. And the, the first Lindblad was the first eco-tour director. And my husband and I had sailed with them down the coast in Alaska as part of a, a month long trip that we spent there and spent in 1993. So after he passed away and I started traveling again, I just decided I wanted to go. I wanted to travel with, with Lynn Black. But anyway, we would take, we would, we would have these tags and we would, they would be flipped on this board. We would get into the panga to be taken to whatever landing area. And it was, there were no docks, there were no piers. Uh, a wave did wash over me and I lost one of my camera bodies, but it was mm. exciting. And the insurance <laughs> and the insurance company said, we never had a claim from Antarctica <laughs> before. But the thing is on this one outing, I, and we all had red parkas, I was following these penguins and it was hard to walk because of the depth of the snow and the ice. So I would tread very slowly. And all of a sudden I looked around and there was nobody, mm. no red. I didn't know which way to go. I was in such a panic that everybody was going to get back onto the panga, go flip their <laughs> coins on the Hi, ship. <laughs> and that was going to be the end of it because there was nothing. There is a building. It's a. It's interesting. It's a post office. It's from the, from England. From it's the British, the low in the lowest part of the world, an act of an active post office that is open during tourist season, which is just for a few months. And during World War II, it was a spy headquarters and it fell into disrepair and the Gen 2 penguins took it over, but it kind of got cleaned up a little bit and it's just an interesting tourist place. Oh, wow. Well, there's actually a George Clooney movie, uh, Midnight Sky, which is oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that. takes place. On, well, we're at, we're just got a minute left. Um, OK, I do want to just repeat again. So uh, give David Wilk a plug and say the book is called Parallel um, Perspectives, the Brush Lens Collaboration by Holly Gordon and Ward Hooper. 
And I have just one last question, if it's not too nosy. Um, so what is, how would you uh, describe your relationship? I, I mean, are you best friends? Are you is it a little more than that? I mean, you live apart, but are you- oh, A lot, a lot more than that. Okay. I don't really think there are words to describe the relationship that Ward and I have. It's just we came so- together when we both needed each other and that's ongoing. It's been a truly creative journey together and on we go, I always say, Holly, on we go. Wow, that's great. That's a great way to end, on we go, yep. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much. Fascinating. It's great. And everyone can look for the book, Parallel Perspectives. Just Google it and you'll find it on Amazon or anywhere. Yeah. And the, the, neat, the neat thing, too, is this Elise Perlman, she's the one who came up with the title, yeah. Parallel yeah. Perspectives. And sadly, she's not here to enjoy and appreciate it. But she knows all about our journey. We're going to get it to a Great legacy, though. Thank you, folks. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Thank you much. Take care. Yeah.